From the studios of WORQ in Wisconsin, this is the Stand Up For The Truth podcast. Today's issues, overlooked headlines, and biblical observations, equipping the remnant around the globe. Got your sword handy? This is Stand Up For The Truth. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you for tuning in. I want to start off with some scripture, because I think we're going to need it today, as we do every day. But in Revelation chapter 21, Verse 1, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth passed away, and there is no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men, and he will dwell among them, and they shall be his people. And God himself will be among them, and he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And there will be no longer any death. There will be no longer any mourning or crying or pain. For the first things have passed away. And he who sits on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. And he said, Write, for these words are faithful and true. Revelation 21, 1 through 5. So I went to see a phenomenal uh, documentary film yesterday called Breaking the Oath. And um, it's just phenomenal. Great quality, excellent, provocative. A lot of people we know uh, were in the film. Scott Shera, his wife Cindy, Vera Sharav was in there, a couple nurses, a doctor, and um, uh, several others. But it was an amazing event in De Pere, Wisconsin, at the cinema. And then there was a Q&A with um, a handful of people afterwards. But you can see it tonight if you missed it. Did you hear that? Yes, I'm not kidding. You can see it for free. There's an online viewing event at 7 p.m. Central Time. 7 p.m. 7 p.m. Central Time. And you can go to AmericaFirstProductions.com. That's America1STProductions.com. And I'm going to read you something from the producer, Jeff Wagner, who, by the way, he's got his own podcast over. Uh, it's called The Patriot Review on Lindell TV and FrankSpeech.com. America First Productions and Jeff Wagner, well, He says, I'm personally inviting you to this totally free event because the message is so very critical. All the cast members and I will be available for your questions after the documentary is viewed. If you view the film prior to the event, you can join us around 8.30 p.m. Central Time tonight for the Q&A session. Please share this event. And again, that's America First, 1STProductions.com. Uh, you know the story. We had Scott Shera on about a week and a half ago. Um, yeah, th- a week ago f- today maybe to get an update on his lawsuit against uh, some doctors and nurses at Ascension Health. They continue to deny culpability for the death of Scott and Cindy Shera's daughter, Grace, who was 19 years old, had Down syndrome. And, uh, and you can get all that information by checking out the podcast if you don't know the story. And then tonight, 7 p.m., you can view this online. It is Amazing, eye-opening, 
and you're going to want to check it and shout share it. So I'm um, just going to run down some lot of headlines and stories today, but we're going to come back to this one. I came across a quote from President Biden affirming a transgender child's identity is one of the best things a parent, teacher, or doctor can do to help keep children from harm. President Biden and his handlers, of course, affirming a transgender child's identity is one of the best things you can do, apparently. We're going to talk about that, and uh, there's an article called Democrats Create a Transgender Child Kidnapping Network. Um, and then we're going to talk about what's available to young people in places from Texas to North Carolina to just different states. And I would imagine it's in your state, wherever you're listening from this morning. But Oh, and then we're going to talk about PBS, the PBS NewsHour, which basically, according to the American Family Network, it's a Democrat spin hour. And we're going to tell you the lopsided news reporting. I don't even want to call it news, man. You, these days, you've got to put news in air quotes. <laughs> We've got to put a lot in air quotes. Uh, science, news, um, journalism. Yeah, put them all in air quotes. We're going to talk about that. And why are we still funding PBS and NPR. Now, they get other money as well as taxpayer money. Also, we're going to talk about four corporations that decided to go full-on Bud Light. (laughs) They're daring their consumers to boycott. We'll tell you who they are and talk about that. And um, Biden's border crisis leading to system overload. I wrote an article, wow, almost 10 years ago called Crush the System. Cloward Piven strategy on the U.S. border. If you're not familiar with Cloward Piven, we're going to talk about that in segment two today. But let's start with the Durham report that really showed the FBI is a threat to democracy. Um, there's one headline over the Gateway Pundit. We did, we mentioned this last week. We did not go into detail. I have time today to go into detail. So here's one story. The deep state lied. Durham report destroys any inkling of Trump-Russia collusion. They knew no one in the Trump camp contacted Russia. Two important words in that headline, they knew. And now there's proof. And now the media has ignored it. Nothing to see here. Move along. Okay, so what's this all about? Well, this Durham report, a 320-page report released last Monday, leaves no doubt the FBI is a mortal threat to democracy. What the report reveals, above all, is that the deep state is real, it's corrupt, and it's at war with the American people. Let's go to an article over at The Federalist by John Daniel Davidson. Imagine someone told you, that in the run-up to a U.S. presidential election, the FBI tried to undermine a candidate at the behest of opposing of the opposing campaign by cooking up a false narrative of collusion with Moscow. Just imagine. And let's say this conspiracy implicated not just the FBI, but also the White House, Justice Department, and CIA, and that nearly the entire corporate press went along with it gleefully spreading the false narrative that this candidate was a Russian agent running story 
after story of fabricated nonsense in a coordinated effort to ensure the opposing candidate won. Special Counsel John Durham's 306-page report released last week after nearly four years in the making, really the big takeaway is the Obama-era FBI launched a full investigation of the Trump campaign codenamed Crossfire Hurricane in the summer of 2016, having zero evidence of any collusion between Trump and Russia. Did you hear that? It's proven now. It's in a report. How many pages? 320 pages. Zero. Zilch. Nada. Goose egg. Nine. Niet. Did I say zero? No evidence of any collusion. Well, I mean, most of us knew that. Most of us knew what the Marxist, um, well, just, let's just call them who they are, the Democrat socialists and globalists were doing. We knew what they were doing. We knew this. there wasn't anything to this, but the media certainly pretended like there was something to it. So let's move on here. The Obama administration and the Democrats knew that the entire false narrative that Trump was colluding with Moscow was completely made up by the Clinton campaign in an effort to weaponize the federal government government against Trump and distract, and it did, it distracted from Hillary Clinton's own email server scandal. Oh my goodness, an actual scandal. Servers were somehow erased. Emails were lost. Hard drives were damaged beyond repair. And they couldn't access any of the information on Hillary Clinton's computer or hard drive. Wow. That was all set aside and the focus was Trump, 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 Trump. That's right. This is now U.S. history, friends. So the Durham report recounts how in August 2016, CIA Director John Brennan briefed Obama, Joe Biden, and Loretta Lynch, FBI Director James Comey, and other senior administration officials on what the report calls the Clinton Plan Intelligence to vilify Donald Trump by stirring up a scandal claiming interference by Russian security services. This is amazing that we're at this place today. So the Clinton campaign had a plan. Um, the FBI knew all of this, as did Brennan, yet they ignored it. They knew there wasn't a shred of evidence and that's despite significant evidence to the contrary. So they pushed it, pushed it, pushed it. Well, it's all we heard for four years or more. Uh, so every American needs to understand what made all of this possible, what made all of this possible was the stupefying level of corruption and partisan malevolence deep inside our own federal government. You know, I've said so many times, I, I don't think... President Trump, when he was elected, had any idea how deep the swamp really was in Washington, D.C. So the most powerful people in the U.S. intelligence and law enforcement community wanted an excuse to weaponize the Fed against Donald Trump. It didn't matter to them what voters wanted, right? Record turnout for Donald Trump and Republicans and conservatives. Record numbers. But it doesn't matter to the deep state and the globalists and the Marxists and the Democrat socialists. It doesn't matter to them what the voters want or what the majority of people wanted. So Brennan worked with the CIA 
a, a deputy director, Michael Morell, to produce a letter signed by dozens of former intelligence officials in October 2020. Listen to this. Denouncing the Hunter Biden laptop story as having, quote, all the classic earmarks of a Russian information operation. This is amazing. This is really amazing. So we know now that corporate media are undeterred by these embarrassing stories that they set aside saying nothing to see here. Oh, that's just conspiracy theory. That's just misinformation or disinformation. Not sure exactly what the difference is, uh, but they use both of them. So the media was even rewarded for their fake news stories. I mean, there were some Pulitzer Prizes handed out and other accolades. By the way, none of them since the truth has come out. And in fact, this 320-page report, the Durham report, none of them have returned their awards. Uh, none. So here's here's where we are. Um, this is amazing. Recently? Now, this is how CNN is responding to the report. Oh, it's a big, fat nothing. Or in the words of CNN's Nicole Wallace, I have no idea who she is. I'm guessing she's an anchor there. Uh, she said, oh, it's a rabbit hole conspiracy. <laughs> My goodness. Four years, 320 pages, countless hours of investigation, and this report comes out, oh, it's a rabbit hole conspiracy. So this is your left-wing propaganda in America, and this my friends, is what is called communist policy in America with the government colluding with the media. This is shameless. It's shameless. When the law enforcement and intelligence agencies of the federal government can be used as a weapon to undermine an outsider candidate for high office, it means our republic is in grave danger. So that's the real lesson they are traffic. They themselves are trafficking in disinformation, but they are pointing the finger, and they have the loud voices pointing at someone else or pointing at others, accusing others. But they are the ones doing the very thing they are incu- accusing others of doing. So let's just say also this conspiracy um, was believed by, let's just say, not even half, forty-five percent of Americans, because they follow the leftist communist media. And some biased, I won't call them communist, I'll call them biased in most cases, liberal in nearly all cases, but that's, we just have to understand that's the state of our truth telling in America. And it's not really truth telling, is it? So here's where we are. And that was the report. I needed to get some details out on that so you would get a better idea. Let's go to Franklin Graham, who commented on this last week when it happened. And I don't share his optimism, um, but he did kind of spell it out briefly. He said, we have turned our back on our creator, almighty God, and the results are evident. If we obeyed one of God's simplest commands, do not lie, <laughs> there, would have, there wouldn't have to be a Durham report. If we had followed God's law, do not bear false witness, there would wouldn't have to be a Durham report. If we had followed Jesus' instruction to do to others as you would have them do to you, there wouldn't have to be a Durham report. What we have is sin, and it has affected every level of our government. It is growing like an aggressive cancer of the soul of our nation. I have known many fine FBI agents over the years who are honorable 
and love this country. However, this corruption seems to be from the top filtering down. For public trust to come back to the FBI, and I might add parenthetically the DOJ, there's going to have to be some very real soul-searching and some real accountability. It is my hope and prayer that those responsible for this deceit and destruction of trust that they have caused will resign and be held accountable. Um, friends, don't hold your breath. But he said we need to go back to biblical principles and morality and moral, moral integrity that this nation was founded on. Thank you, Franklin Graham. He's been a pretty consistent truth proclaimer and defender. I don't agree with him on every single thing, but I admire him. I, I He's done a lot um, for the country, I believe, and the spiritual direction and just pointing out he do, he's not afraid to address evil and confront evil. Um, so thank you. So let's continue now. You know what? I want to go talk about PBS and, and NPR now. So... It would seem only fair that conservatives, Christians, let me rephrase that, Bible-believing Christians, um, and Republican taxpayers ex- to expect the PBS, quote, news program, which is funded in part by our tax dollars, to be fair, uh, balanced. It would only make sense, and we have every right to, if our taxpayers are going to fund something. It's not always the case, as we know. Um, see... Planned Parenthood, for example. Biden gave them a raise last year. So PBS isn't much different from CNN or MSNBC. Let me just share some some facts, some numbers to prove that statement. A new study of the first four months of the new Congress by Rich Noyes of Media Research Center finds the PBS, quote, news tilts hard toward Democrats by a five to one margin. Uh, the PBS show, what is it called again? I forget. News Hour? Oh, I guess it's News Hour. <laughs> what a joke. The PBS show spent more than 97 minutes highlighting the mostly negative controversies in- involving Republicans. Number two, discussion of top policy issues was skewed heavily against Republicans. Number three, Republicans were often 20 times, at least, branded as extremists. Far right, hard right by, quote, NewsHour correspondents or commentators. Number four, overall, congressional Republicans faced 85% negative coverage. What about the congressional Democrats? No, they were 54% positive coverage. So Republicans in general, again, 85% negative spin. And that's the PBS NewsHour. Um, so let's talk about indoctrination and godlessness and why it's way past time to defund these outlets that are progressive. You might as well say progressive broadcasting service. Yeah. And national progressive radio. Um, it's this, I hope, unless you're a new conservative or Christian or just now starting to pay attention to cultural events and news and worldview issues, I hope you realize that this has been going on for decades, the negative spin. I hope you realize it's been decades that we've been funding this with our tax dollars. Um, thankfully, a few people are trying to do something about it. Let's mention a couple. Oklahoma Governor Kevin Stitt, he moved to cut funding for PES. We mentioned this on the podcast a few weeks ago. Um, so I'm just going to lay out a couple things and share a couple quotes with you. And here's what the governor said. He, he said, um, 
then when you go through all of the programming that's happening and the indoctrination and over-sexualization of our children, it's really problematic and it doesn't line up with Oklahoma values. Now, what what he's talking about is OETA. It's Oklahoma Educational Television Authority, which PBS airs there. Um, So he's doing his part, and this is what it's going to come down to state by state. And I want to emphasize that, state by state. So let's skip ahead for the sake of time so we can cover more stories. There's NPR. Um, This is interesting. Uh, Their budget is well over half a billion dollars. The PBS budget, by the way, is just under that, around $465 million. Now, understand just some of the stats we just shared on their 85% negative coverage on Republicans, and that's just the Congress, we're funding them. We, you and I, if you're conservative, Christian, independent, Republican, um, or just patriotic American that believes in fairness and, and balanced news reporting and that our tax dollars would go to something that would benefit all Americans, you're very disappointed about this. That's a lot of money. They're getting a lot of money, right? So let's go on to a couple things. A, a, just to give you a couple of ex- examples, a PBS NewsHour feature. Now, this is where they bring in the Pride Month, by the way. It's going to be in a couple of weeks. By the way, it's not Pride Month anymore. They've been calling it now Queer All Year. So the LGBTQ plus indoctrination does not stop at the end of June. But June is the time they take it into hyperdrive. It's on steroids, right? Pride on steroids. wonder if, that, if the Bible has to say anything about pride. Uh, PBS NewsHour features parents' support for various gender-altering treatments, including puberty blockers. Also, a gay character uh, was introduced in something called Work It Out Wombats. PBS Kids program introduced LGBTQ characters. I guess they got something something called Clifford the Big Red Dog. A special about a town of Christians and drag queens. <laughs> Jeez. Dismantling stereotypes, right? Also, a same-sex wedding featuring on a show called um, PBS Show. This is PBS. Again, our tax dollars are going to fund this. Um, we did stories on this issue on about Disney and how Ron DeSantis in Florida have been dealing with Disney in Orlando. So it's going to have to be the people speaking up, raising awareness, parents going to school board meetings and other things. Um, I would first suggest to get your children out of the government-run schools. You're not going to believe these stories now. Um, yeah, rural Texas, let's talk about chat rooms for children. And it's because it's online. Don't think this is limited to Texas. Okay? Because this is online. So the, the school's counseling department has a separate web page dedicated to mental health resources, which is filled with information that you and I would consider uh, seeking to groom students. It's LGBTQ plus resources. And I'm sorry to be redundant on this issue and the news stories. They never stop because the issue is never going to go away. They're trying to get to your kids younger and younger. I use the word access a lot. They're trying to access America's children at the youngest ages possible. So the, this page contains links to chat rooms. And I guess something called Q chat space is one of the recommended websites. There are discussion groups for LGBT plus teenagers ages 13 through 19, and there are youth chat rooms also included. Now, this is under the school's mental health resources. I would encourage you to look up your school 
and their mental health resources. Find out what links they are referring your son or daughter to if you are, if they are in the government run schools, mental health resources at the school. So they, one of them says they can talk, uh, in a safe space and be able to express themselves without fear of being judged. What do you think that means? And also, why would these websites contain a quick escape button? You heard that right, a quick escape button that prompts the page to shut down so parents cannot see what children are accessing, what children are up to. Look for that as well. It's called a quick escape button on these chat rooms. Now, other resources offered on the website to uh, school-aged children um, validation station and LGBTQ map. The validation station is a free texting service that sends daily gender affirming text messages and uplifting messages to trans and non-binary youth. <laughs> Gosh, sorry. This is where we are, friends. Now, the map, the LGBTQ map is a color coded map that informs users which states in the country have LGBTQ inclusive curriculum laws and which do not. States like Texas and Florida are shaded in dark orange, indicating these states have a don't say gay, which is not in any legislation, by the way, or trans law or that censor discussions of LGBTQ people. Okay, let me go back to this. I just happened to leave this out here in the studio from a couple weeks ago. Censoring discussions of LGBTQ people. I'm looking at photos of a classroom, public school classroom in a hallway. You've seen it. You've seen photos of rainbow flags. Um, who's an ally to the LGBTQ? This one says Black Student Union. You've seen the communist fist. You've seen um, the transgender flag, the light blue, pink, white pink, light blue, and the rainbow flag. You've seen these. Well, I'm looking at a classroom with, let's, this one has one, two, um, three, four, five different flags or banners, no American flag to be seen. Okay? We've, we've talked about this before. So they're, what, but what's the narrative? They're concerned about parents or con- people censoring the LGBTQ discussions, right? Yeah, I know. It doesn't make sense. So there's the map. It, it, I mean, I'm, not, I'm just going to pass that up for now, but I am going to say there was a study con- conducted in Sweden. Listen to this. It's a study. Sweden is one of the most open, progressive, liberal nations, um, and it concluded that sex-reassigned persons have considerably higher risks for mortality suicidal behavior, and psychiatric morbidity than the general population. And there are more studies that have come out with that. And right under that, to wrap up this article, right under that was the quote I shared toward the beginning of this segment from Joe Biden. LGBTQI plus youth, like all Americans, deserve whatever they deserve. He said, affirming a transgender's A a transgender child's identity is one of the best things a parent, a teacher, or doctor can do to help keep children from harm. That is the president. 
All right, when we come back, I want to set up a bunch of stories here. Um, we're going to talk about political child predators taking custody of children from their parents. There's some new laws, and again, friends, this is going to be a state-by-state issue. Are your children really protected? Well, you're going to have to define protection now because the left doesn't consider protection the same thing as you and I, uh, Christians, conservatives, uh, independents, Republicans that are concerned about children. The left has been radicalized. They consider protecting kids by allowing them the freedom to choose to have hormones or go ahead to have surgeries if they, they identify as trans without their parents knowing it. That's protecting them to the radical left. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, there's a an article that's very concerning, and we're going to talk about some laws in a couple different states that you probably have no idea about. That's why we bring them up on the podcast. So that's next. Also, we're going to talk about when neutrality isn't a virtue. Very seldom, my friends, in this day and age with the evil surrounding us, very seldom is being neutral a virtue. All right? There is a cost to our silence, and we're seeing that played out in our culture. Also, the four four more corporations that have gone full-on Bud Light. <laughs> oh, help us. And uh, we're going to talk about the Navy. And we are also going to talk about the Cloward-Piven strategy on the U.S. border. We've got to get to that. Guys, thanks so much for staying with us. A lot more straight ahead on Stand Up For The Truth. Keep it right here. Your prayers and ongoing financial support keep our Truth at Any Cost mission strong. StandUpForTheTruth.com Remember, friends, Psalm 112, verse 6 and 7 says, He will never be shaken. The righteous will be remembered forever. He will not fear bad news. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. His heart is upheld. He will have no fear. (laughs) Memorize those Psalm 112, 6 and 7. Um, exclusive uh, over at Breitbart, I've been meaning to at least share the headline. Can't get into the whole article, but the Navy Intel Office hosted an event on inclusive language for trans, binary, and intersex human beings. <laughs> the Navy's ONI, Office of Naval Intelligence, had a community pride alley engagement event last week on using inclusive language to reflect the existence of transgender, non-binary, and intersex individuals. Let's stop right there. Um, we know you exist. We know you are out there identifying as whatever. We don't need an, an international day of visibility or whatever. We know you're there. We just don't happen to agree with your worldview where you reject the creation of God and the created order of God. We know you're there. We know you exist. We're not denying your existence or your attempt to identify as something other than what God created you as. We just don't agree with you. We love you, but we don't agree with you. So the ONI, Office of Naval Intelligence, said this, quote, As our understanding of gender and identity evolves, (laughs) so does the language we use to be inclusive, just as our language changed to acknowledge women's presence in the workplace, for example, no longer using men or he as a default term for everyone, 
our language continues to change to reflect the existence of transgender, non-binary, and intersex individuals, ally engagement, inclusive language. And it's all about pride, and that's setting, getting ready for the month of June. So that's over in the Navy. We showed you, or we did that story, I think, a week or two ago about the naval ambassador who's a drag queen. They're using him to recruit the U.S. military. All four branches have had two years of recruiting shortages, and they thought, hey, let's, let's just, yeah, try a drag queen to see if we can get people to sign up for the military. What could go wrong? <laughs> okay, before I get to this other article, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. That's all I need to say. Okay, I'll I'll share one of his famous quotes. Silence in the face of evil is itself evil. Not to speak is to speak. Not to act is to act. God will not hold us guiltless. Over at American Family Network, great article on America's corrupt ruling elites. Uh, they They can't persuade a majority of Americans to embrace their insane views and their ideologies. But they don't need to persuade us. Why? They have the lockstep left-wing media on their side. About a third of the country is moving toward restoring sanity. Another third of the country seems hell-bent on getting nuttier and more insane. And the final third, listen to this, might be charitably described as neutral. Christian, do you love your neighbor? Are you neutral when it comes to the truth, the truth of God's word, the truth being attacked, the image of God, a biblical truth being attacked, being perverted, being rejected, denied, Thirteen states have developed or have uh, displayed some sanity. They have now enacted laws barring doctors from playing. I'm sorry, from plying children with puberty-blocking drugs, cross-sex hormones, and mutilating surgeries. Think about it. We have 50 states, right? Thirteen. Friends, raise awareness. That's what we need to do. Please raise awareness. Thirteen is not a good number. Children's lives are at risk. I'm not just talking about their eternal. Lives, whether they, they can be saved or not, whether they can hear the gospel or not, whether there's still time for them to hear the gospel, many of them are suicidal because of what's happening. Thirteen states. We need more. We need more. Thank you for those thirteen. In Kentucky, the sane Republican legislator had, legislature had to override a veto from the demonic governor Andy Bashir. I'm sorry, the Democrat governor, to enact a bill protecting children from gender transition, doctors um, forbidding schools from hiding information about student sexuality from their parents. This is what he wanted to do. But the Republicans, no, 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 no. That's not protecting children. So some somebody has to be the adult in the room. And we need that to happen every state. We need that, that to happen at the local uh, community level. Okay? The feds are gone. It's not going to happen at the federal level. We say the political ping pong. We, we have observed that for years. All my life, I've observed that. Just perfect example, the political ping, ping pong, not to get too far off track here. But 1973, the ridiculous, unconstitutional Supreme Court um, decided Roe v. Wade. 
They made that a law, free abortion, right, federally. Why did it take until the year 2022 or 2023? Why did it take this long, 2023, to overturn that unjust, unconstitutional, unbiblical Supreme Court decision that was carried out by nine men and affected the whole country? Why? Because of the political ping pong back and forth elections, right? You elect, you elect us, we'll do this. Okay, they can only get so far. We got to compromise. You elect us, we'll do this. Okay, we lo- lost ground on that election. Okay, you elect us, we do this. Okay, we'll gain a little bit of ground back. But who do you think, if you go back 50 years or more, who do you think has compromised the most? What is the direction of our country, our, our culture, our government? You know the answer to that. So back to the topic. A new group of doctors is exposing how medical schools and medical literature are being corrupted by gender ideology and critical race theory. Okay, do no harm. Uh, We seem to be coming back to this theme. Do no harm. Now, this one was founded by Dr. Stanley Goldfarb, who says medical schools are engaging in racial discrimination in service to diversity, equity, and inclusion. Remember, that's a god now. They're making DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion. They're making that kind of a god. It's a religion. Democrat Governor Jay Inslee over in Washington State signed a bill last week allowing youth shelters to hide runaway kids if they seek abortions. So girls, young girls, if they want abortions, go to Washington State. Or gender-affirming treatment. So if you identify as the opposite gender and your parents don't go along with it, and if your state happens to be one of the 13 that has laws, you can go to Washington, and they are protecting these shelters or these host homes so they don't have to tell parents so the kids can do whatever they want under protection of that state government over in Illinois. Democrat Governor J.B. Pitzker signed a bill prohibiting libraries from having any age restrictions whatsoever. This means children, children can access even the most graphic texts, some of which are aimed at sexualizing them. Colorado, the National Education Association, listen to this, passed a resolution stating in Colorado now, state by state, Capitalism is in opposition to fully addressing systemic racism, climate change, patriarchy, education, and income inequality. This is what they're putting out here, the propaganda and BS in Colorado. And according to the College Fix, they said the solution was to dismantle capitalism and replace it with a new equitable economic system. In other words... Colorado's Democrat-dominated teachers' union is fully and functionally communist. And uh, we don't use this word lightly, friends. A couple weeks ago, we reported on a, a children's book. I don't remember what state it was, but it was in the schools. It might have been the library. I don't think it was in the curriculum, but there, it was being used in a classroom. It was called Communism for Kids. If check out your state, your school, your li- school libraries, this stuff's being pushed now. Back down to one of the prime causes of this moral confusion: the media. 
the, they are accusing normal, sane people just, that just want to want free speech and critical thinking to be allowed um, and truth to be expressed. They're ca- accusing you of misinformation or disinformation. The media is part of the problem here with the confusion in the country. Now, newsworthy events go unreported or they're spun like we just started off this podcast detailing the Durham report and what some of what they found. The media says nothing to see here. Move along. How, how long are we going to put up with that and keep listening to them and tolerating them? Exhibit A. Let's go back to this. The Hunter Biden laptop. The Obama administration officials used 51 national security experts to persuade the media to spike the New York Post story, their factual expose, as Russian disinformation. (laughs) So they're accusing Trump, 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 Russian collusion, right? And here's Hunter Biden in the laptop, evidence on the laptop. There's emails, there's other things connecting him with China, Ukraine, <laughs> Russia, and they're saying, oh, no, 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 that's, that's Russian dif- disinformation. So they censored the New York Post's story back then. This was, I think it was in 2020. This almost certainly changed the outcome of that election, by the way. I did a little chapter in my book, Canceling Christianity, on that, where I mentioned the politics behind the media and I mentioned that Hunter Biden laptop and how people were surveyed when they, after the election, post-election, they were surveyed when they found out that there was actual corruption. If, if they were to believe what they heard in this survey and the question, they said, well, I probably would have voted independent or I probably would not have voted for Joe Biden. <laughs> so essentially we're saying the media and their misinformation and their protection of the Biden crime family and the left, that affected the outcome. Not even, I'm not even talking about voter fraud or election integrity here. I'm talking about the media that spiked certain stories, censored others, and put out their talking points, whatever agreed with the leftist narrative. Friends, that's what I've been writing about media bias for a couple decades. That's what started me blogging many years ago before I even wrote my first book. And that has been a a topic that's near and dear to my heart because it is unfair, it is unjust. If you are a truth proclaimer and defender, you want at least a fair shake in the media in the country that we live in that that has the First Amendment. And we are far from that, friends. Um, The principles of journalism, I wrote about that early on. Maybe we should revisit that one of these days. And you'll be amazed if you go through the principles of journalism and and... I think we will in the near future, Lord willing. So this past week, bring it up to now, today, Hunter Biden and eight other Biden family members, we now know they've collected at least $10 million from communist China, Ukraine, and Romania. How? Through uh, very complex money transfers involving 20 shell companies. What did the big networks do? They gave the shocking scandal exactly zero screen time, according to newsbusters.org. Zero. And it's not hard to imagine how this would all play out in the media if we still had a free press or if the exact same details involved the family of 
Ron DeSantis or Donald Trump, for example. We know how this would play out. Friends, this is not a free republic, and that is not a free press anymore. What they're doing is gaslighting Americans, and we've talked about that quite a bit. We've got to move on. Oh, gosh. Okay, so Washington State, trans minors protected from parents. Now, this is a continuation of what we mentioned earlier. The Associated Press had this story up, and it involves Senate Bill 5599 that supposedly supports young children seeking, quote, protected health care services. What do they mean by health care? What is the left in the media and the Democrat Party and the education system, which is, I know it's all redundant, it's one and the same. What do they mean by, it's really, it's not health, abortion, transgender ideology pushing them toward hormone blockers or surgeries. That's what they consider health care, okay? So the new law adds minors getting abortions, as protected and transgender treatments as compelling reasons not to notify their parents. Did you hear that? So the Associated Press headlined this story. Again, the title was Trans Minors Protected from Parents Under Washington Law. They withdrew it. They took it offline. I wonder why. Well, once a child is listed as transgender, the parents are automatically treated as abusers. Instead of contacting a child's parents, the system will contact Washington's Child Services Department, essentially claiming automatic state custody of any children classified as transgender. This is if someone from Wisconsin, Montana, Texas, uh, Missouri, if, if you go to Washington State, you will be protected if you're a minor and your parents, well, they have no more say if they did, depending on what state they were from in the first place. So this measure follows on the heels of school policies where children were encouraged and have been encouraged in many states across the country to imagine they're another gender and not the, the teachers were told to, or instructed not to tell their parents. Okay? So Senate Bill 5599 makes Washington now a magnet for teenage runaways and sexual predators by the way, it's not surprising. By the way, that's a state where the uh, Seattle, Washington mayor, Seattle Mayor Ed Murray, was resigned after being accused of sexually abusing five teenage boys. That's right. Equal Rights Washington and this transgender bill, they're not concerned with protecting children, but enabling their abusers, as they did with Ed Murray in Seattle. So, Washington State, the epicenter of some of the most aggressive child kidnapping measures. I'm sorry, friends, we have to use this language now. Children can begin receiving, quote, gender-affirming care and admit themselves without parental consent in Washington beginning at the age of 13. So if they start thinking of something at the age of 10, 11, 12, once they're 13, they're protected now according to this state's laws. Um, Health insurance companies are not allowed to tell their parents about any medical procedures involving, quote, gender-affirming care. Washington's social services system is effectively able to take custody and make medical decisions on behalf of a minor without parental consent. It classifies Democrat policy priorities, abortion, 
and transgender sexual mutilation as, quote, protected health care services. Let's go to California. Bill 107, SB 107 in the Senate was promoted by um, Scott Weiner. He had previously made national headlines for empowering judges to keep those guilty of illegal sexual relations between a, a teenager age 15 and over and someone within 10 years of age to keep them off the sex offender registry. None of this sex, sexually abusive behavior is too surprising in a state like California that venerates Harvey Milk, who was a California Democrat who supported Jim Jones, and he lured teenage runaways. So the Alliance Defending Freedom is stepping in in this case and arguing that SB 107 violates parental rights protected by the U.S. Constitution. And California and a couple other states are trying to strip parents of their rights if their child travels to California to obtain gender transition procedures or getting um, harmful puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, and irreversible surgeries. Nineteen other Democrat states have introduced similar transgender sanctuary bills. So what that, that other article said was 13 states have been working on this now to protect, protect it. Thirteen Republican states are working on these things. Well, we're, we're losing. We're, we're behind. That was 13. This is 19. 19 Democrat states have introduced these child grooming and mutilation advocacies. So these are, there's some underground networks. Um, they're backed by major donors. They are putting into place a child kidnapping network that encompasses half the country. 19 Democrat states. Again, those words are in quotes. Transgender sanctuary bills. Watch your state, friends, especially if it's a blue state, because there's 19 of them already. So what had been the practice of a handful of deviant men is now the government policy of entire states. So as the rates of teenage depression and suicides increase, the Democrats are now rushing to take advantage of troubled teens, manipulating them into joining its political and religious cults. We will put that and a couple of these articles in the podcast notes at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Don't have time to get to a couple other stories, but I do have a little bit of time to mention this one. Um, look at signs down at the border. Illegal is a crime. We are the future of America. Thank you, Biden. Um, there's, there's a lot of propaganda going on. And going back to the 1960s, what we're seeing now is the, the Cloward-Piven strategy being played out at the U.S. border. They're crushing the system. This crisis is, will lead to a system, the immigration system, overload, not to mention what it's doing to the health care system when all these people come into the country and if they go to get the hospitals have to treat them, right? You and I couldn't do that. We couldn't just walk in and say, oh, um, I don't have insurance. Sorry. But if you come across from another country and you're not a citizen of the United States, from my understanding, right, has anything changed? They still get free health care, right, to to a degree. So 1960s, um, Cloward-Piven strategy, how did that start? This is This present crisis can be described by going back to, or understood by going back to Francis Fox Piven and Richard Cloward. They were a married couple. They were both professors at Columbia University. 
School of Social Work. They were two members of Democrat Socialists of America, and they were implementing an agenda to destroy capitalism, to bring in communism. Um, they birthed several radical organizations, including ACORN, with the help of Wade Rathke. But in the 1960s, Fox Piven gave traction to a strategy aiming to take down America's economy by overloading the government bureaucracy with a flood of impossible demands. This is a political strategy. It's outlined in a, in 1966. Fox Piven and Cloward called for overloading the U.S. public welfare system. And now they're using immigration, right? To precipitate, precipitate a crisis that would lead to a replacement of the system with a national system of a guaranteed annual income. Right? That's socialism. The couple's most significant achievement was the Motor Voter Act, which was signed into law by Bill Clinton in 93. And uh, former White House staff economist James Simpson, who we've had on the podcast, it's been a while, he writes, quote, As we know, ACORN was one of the chief drivers of high-risk mortgage lending that eventually led to the financial crisis, but motor voter law was another component of the strategy. And he goes on. We don't have enough time to get into the whole article. But um, this is what they're doing. They're trying to overload, overwhelm the system to break it down. In this case, the, the administration is flooding our streets. Well, let's start at the borders. Our, and we're not even talking about fentanyl and other illegal drugs coming across the borders or firearms. We're talking about just the amount of people, the mass numbers of people, and the billions of dollars it's costing Americans. So they're flooding our streets, flooding the system to force not only immigration reform, but to destroy the system of capitalism. So I just summed it up. I guess I didn't have to get into the details of the article, but this is by design, friends, and I think we better start realizing that. I know we always want to give people the benefit of the doubt, but we better start realizing that this is by design. Okay, anyway, I can't do the article, but the four companies that are going full Bud Light, Starbucks, Target, Levi's and Sports Illustrated. That's right. Welcome to the transgender train, the trans locomotive. Uh, they don't care what, uh, I guess they don't know their customers or they do know but don't care. Fascinating, but Target has been at it since 2012, 11 years now. Uh, go, just go back, go into it. They've got a rainbow section and all that. But recently they got some, some pretty disturbing products, including a swimsuit that allows, that it's called, what is it called? A tuck swimsuit or whatever they've got the chest binders star um target 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 right i hope you don't shop there so we need to boycott some companies and as um wayne allen root said a couple weeks ago on the podcast we need to boycott good companies conservative companies patriotic american first companies so we've got to move on tomorrow mary and i will dig into the biblical worldview talk about the globalist push some new stories in light of Bible prophecy, of course, news and worldview commentary. And then you will hear from Holly Pivick and Doug Guyvett on Wednesday about the NAR. And we'll be talking about their book, Counterfeit Kingdom. Um, also, Thursday, we've had a cancellation. We're going to reschedule. I think we're going to try to get um, the producer of Breaking the Oath, Jeff Wagner. We're trying to get him on Thursday. We'll see if we can do that. And on Friday, Pastor Steve Smotherman is back with us. God bless you, and as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.